Hi, I'm Miss Marcy, and you are listening to Conversations with Miss Marcy podcast. If you are looking for watered down conversations, this might not be the podcast for you. I'm just saying. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Miss Marcy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate all the love and support, all the sharing of the podcast and just, you know, all the feedback and everything. I really do appreciate that. But just to let you know, if you want to send me an email or anything with any questions, comments or concerns or just any feedback, go ahead and send it off to at Conversations with Miss Marcy at gmail.com. All right, so let me go ahead and get started. Um, I want to go ahead and get into, I'm going to start this off with talking about the weekend, um, everything that uh, transpired over the Mother's Day weekend. Um, So we had the versus battle between Jill Scott and Erica Badu, which I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I feel like this versus battle gave us a vibe and an energy that was well needed during this time you know um so much going on with just the COVID-19 and everything and then the 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 weekend itself was just um filled with a lot of tragedies you know there were a lot of deaths over the weekend and I'm going to get into that too but yeah so I felt like this gave us what we needed you know um Jill Scott and Erica Badu I'm fans of both ladies and both of them just always have had that, you know, that neo soul uh, type style of music, which is always good for the soul. You know, to me, Jill Scott's music is more like her music is so summertime, you know, sunset at Big Mama's house, uh, sitting on the porch, you know, on the swing, you know, with family, kids running around, you know, getting sprayed with the water hose, fried green tomatoes, you know, backyard barbecues, you know, her music, in other words, to me, is just very, um, it's very familiar, very warm and very, I don't know, just very, just, I don't know, just so just kind of magical, you know what I'm saying? Just give you good vibe and good energy. And then Erica, to me, her music is more, you know, you ride and then you may be smoking that ganja, you know what I'm saying? Or if that's what you do, or, you know, you sipping on something and you just laid back and you chilling and you just in your, your, you know, in your, you know, just in deep thought or you just, you know, you just feeling good and you just, just vibing with your friends or whatever. That's what her music made me think, makes me think of. So, like I said, it was a pretty good versus battle. I did enjoy the Teddy, Riley, and Babyface battle just a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know. I think that both had different types of energies, you know what I mean? Um, but again, I think uh, Erica and, 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 and um, Jill is what we needed. You know, it's, it was, it was just, it just, it was just what we needed to feel, you know? Um, and I think it's, I, I think this, this was a win for the culture. I think that these versus battles are good for the culture period they really are especially during these times you know um it's like a mini concert and i think that this is going to take you know concerts into a different lane i think it is i think because of this i think because now you know it's like you can sit at home and and watch this stuff on your phone and you could be in the likes of michelle obama and people like that michelle obama was actually in the room as well during the their versus battle and so it, 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 it does something, you know, to us as a people, it, it's like, 
it's how it's music bringing us all together. You know, music, no matter who we are, no matter what walk of life you are in, no matter what your culture is, no matter your background, no matter your status, rich, poor, whatever, middle class, whatever, it some music brings us all together. I mean, I honestly, just like, you know, kind of how death does in a way, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no matter who a person is, it's like a, a death can affect everybody, you know, at the same time. So, so that is what I will say about, you know, the versus battle. Um, you know, I appreciated the gems that both ladies were dropping in these, in, in their battle, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, just like when Jill talked about how, she had made some mistakes in her life and like she had done some dumb shit, but she was like, you know, you, you move on from it. You forgive yourself and you just keep on moving and you learn from it. And that is so true. And I like the positive energy exchanged between both ladies, you know, and like Erica said, a lot of people don't know that they are actually friends and they actually talk on the phone and everything like that. I like the moment too, where Erica's children, they came on and they, you know, they were just saying hi to Jill and things like that. Um, I like the fact that when I, there was at some point, um, Erica's phone had died. And so it was just Jill on there. And it was right when Erica was about to play Tyrone, honey. So Erica went, um, Jill went ahead and played it for her as you know, since Erica couldn't be there at that moment, but she ended up getting back on after her phone came back or whatever. So, um, Again, it was a good moment. Like I said, there was a lot of good positivity about it. I like, like I said, I, I like the positive exchange between the two ladies, you know, um, and Erica's mother had texted her and said, see, this is how ladies are supposed to behave, which is true. You know, um, it spoke to the whole thing that women don't get along and women are always competitive and things like that. But I think that this really kind of proved that, you know, women can get along and they can celebrate each other and they can, you know, check on each other and have a good vibe with one another, you know, really don't need to compete. You know, so, um, I, so yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I like, I, I didn't know that, I didn't know that, you know, uh, Jill Scott wrote, um, Erica's, um, the song that she did, I think it was with the roots. Um, that song with the hook, if you are worried about it, I better who I saw. Um, what's it called? You got me. I didn't know that Jill wrote that. And I think she said that was the first, uh, you know, piece that she had wrote and she had the pleasure of having Erica sang it. So that was really cool to know. And, um, yeah, so it was just a really good thing. And, you know, theirs was more about life lessons and things like that. And, uh, there was at one point, somebody said Jill was being too nice or whatever. And, um, Erica was like, tell them to get off the thing, you know, just go ahead and get off the thing, you know, cause we ain't, we ain't trying to do all that over here. We trying to have, you know, some positive vibes going on. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, they went ahead and they finished it on. Now they didn't really have no technical issues. Unlike, you know, our, our boy, Teddy Riley, you know, even at one point, Jill, I mean, Erica shaded him like, oh, it sounded like a Teddy Riley echo going on. <laughs> So, you know, but again, overall, I think it was a good thing. It was a good moment. Um, it was a win for the culture. And um, they say that um, the next one is supposed to be Ludacris and, who was it? Ludacris and, oh man, I forgot. Oh, Ludacris and, um, damn it, I can't even think of it. I can't even think of who it is. It's Ludacris and somebody. Nelly, that's what it is. Ludacris and Nelly. Yeah. So um that should be good. That should be a good one. I think Ludacris gonna have that one though. I I, I think Ludacris got that one. Luda. Yeah, I think he got that one. 
Um, you know, the songs I was looking forward to with Jill and uh, Erica, uh, for me, for Jill, it was a long walk. You know, oh, I love that song. Let's take a long walk around the park after. D- now, let me stop. But uh, <laughs> y'all know I was saying that. No, honey. But um, that's one of my favorite songs by Jill because that to me reminds me of it just puts you in a mind frame of you know just basically you know chilling out with somebody having a good vibe and a good energy and it don't matter what you're doing whether you're walking in the park whether you're you know going to the movies or going to see a play or whatever it is or maybe we could just be silent and do nothing maybe we can blow some trees or whatever but whatever it is we're doing we enjoying each other's company and that's what I love about that song um the way you love me I was looking forward to her playing that and definitely, um, um, yeah, uh, what's the one song Jill had? Um, oh, the one song, I love the song with her and Anthony Hamilton, uh, So In Love With You. Oh man, I love that. And I like at the end of the whole Versus Battle, they dedicated, you know, the song Ran Across My Mind, um, for Andre Harrell. I I thought that was really nice, you know. And as far as Erica, her songs that I was looking forward to, honey, it was Next Lifetime, uh, Love of My Life. Oh, that's my song. That's my song. Bag Lady, Tyrone, and um, Apple Tree, and on and on. And, you know, so those are my favorites by the two ladies or whatever. So, um, so that was pretty much, that was pretty much what I, you know, want to say about the versus battle. So now moving on, now, like I said that there were some deaths over the weekend, you know, we had the death of, um, Jerry Stiller. Um, I mean, he's an actor and comedian and we had little Richard, uh, Betty Wright. Oh man. Um, and Andre Harrell. Now this was so, I mean, that was a set and it was mother's day weekend at that, you know, that was so sad, you know? Um, and so, like I said, it was just the energy all, all over the world was just kind of like, you know, down in the dumps, you know, um, you never like to hear, you know, things like that, especially, you know, during, uh, you know, all at once like that. I think when Bernie Mac died, I think it was like that when he died, it was like him and like a few other people, but you know, it's just, just, it just puts you in a very, just you know, just kind of a damper, you know, even though you don't know these people personally, but like, it's like I said previously, death has a way of bringing, the impact of death has a way of bringing everybody together on one playing field. Just like this whole COVID-19 is having a way of bringing everybody together and putting everybody on the same playing field, no matter what walk of life you are in, no matter who you are, no matter your status. And speaking of death, I do want to mention something else that took place over the weekend. Um, Actually, coming out of my hometown, Dayton, Ohio, a young lady, she was about 32 years old. She was actually shot and killed by her um, child's father. Now, this story was very, oh my gosh, very sad, uh, very heartbreaking. You know, Um, it's just so sad to see a young, young lady, you know, murdered like that. And when I first heard that she was shot, and killed, you know, before I even knew any details, you know, before the news outlets even started putting anything out, my first thought was it had to be a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend, you know, because women don't just get shot. You know, they don't, women don't just get shot like that. It's always typically 99.9% of the time, it's usually a boyfriend or ex-husband or ex, you know, a husband or ex-boyfriend or whatever. It's, it's something of that nature. So 
I don't really know all the details of this situation, so I'm not going to really speak too much on it. I'm not going to, you know, try, I'm not going to act like I know everything about it. I did not know this young lady, although Dayton is a very small town. I did not know this young lady, but I did see that she and I had a whole lot of mutual friends on social media, which I found that interesting because she's a lot younger than I am, but she knew a lot of people and she was definitely well loved by a whole lot of people. Um, like I said, I do not know the young lady. But I do know part of her family. And that's another reason I'm not going to speak too much on it or anything like that. But I just want to say that, um, you know, my heart goes out to the family and, you know, just uh, of everybody that took a loss over the weekend. You know what I mean? Um, But um, like I said, this is a sad situation because, like I said, this was her son's father. And um, so now you have a child who's going to grow up without his parents, you know, because his mother is gone. And then his father's definitely, he's going to do some time. He, he turned himself in since then as well, which is a good thing. He turned himself in. And um, I don't know what took place exactly. Um, like I said, I don't know all the details. I just know what the news reported, and which was the fact that he came over to her house. Uh, they were in the driveway I don't know if she was coming home or maybe going somewhere, but he, they were in her driveway and I I guess an argument, you know, broke out or whatever between the two. Um, and he pulled out a gun and shot her in the head. Um, you know, I I mean, you know, I, I just, oh my gosh, you know? Um, so, you know, like I said, um, it's just awful, you know, it's just awful. It's an awful thing to hear. And it's just awful to know that somebody could get that damn angry. You know, um, this also is crazy because I was watching a story on, I watched TV once, Fatal Attraction. I watch that all the time. And there was this story on there that just aired uh, maybe like two weeks ago. And I was really, um, and you know, I was really just surprised by this story because it, it was a situation. This was out of Detroit, Michigan, where a young woman who she was killed. Some, her body was found in a trash can, um, fa- head, um, legs in first, and her whole upper body was like literally looking like looking up, you know, out of the trash can or whatever. And you know, they were wondering what happened. She had went missing on a Friday. She went missing on a Friday and then come Monday morning, they found her body and she was actually supposed to be starting a new position at her job on that Monday morning, but hell, they found her in the trash can. And so when they got to the bottom of things, you know, after, you know, looking into her history and everything like that, they come to find out it was an ex-boyfriend. It was an on and off again ex-boyfriend who killed her. Now at the time, she actually had a boyfriend that she actually lived with, but she still, she was still, you know, sleeping with the ex-boyfriend. And so, no, now this, this story um, sparked my interest because out of all the stories I've seen on, in that show, uh, this one, they never found a motive and they never found the manner of death. They never found the manner of autopsy could not prove how this woman died. So I thought that was crazy, but my whole point in saying all that is this situations like these, unfortunately, they are not unique. Unfortunately, And it's sad. And I also want to say that situations like these, what they have in common is that they don't, they don't start at that point to where someone is killed. They escalate to that point. You see what I'm saying? Um, Just like the girl out of Detroit, her mother kept begging and pleading for her to leave that young man alone, but she would not leave him alone. She would not leave him alone. She dated him. I mean, she messed with him for years and he was actually someone she knew from basically junior high. You know, so I'm saying all that to say that, yes, 
these situations, they don't just happen overnight. You know, they escalate, which means that, you know, it's, it's taking some time for it to even get to this point, which brings me to my, my topic of discussion for today. What I want to talk about today is we have got to stop normalizing dysfunctional uh, relationships and abuse. We have got to stop normalizing that shit. Now, on my Instagram, Conversations with Ms. Marcy, I did post something. I said, you know, um, I said, not every relationship is, 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 is toxic. Sometimes, you know, I can't remember how I worded it because I'm not looking at it. But basically what I was saying was, just, you know, just because you have arguments and disagreements, that does not equate to a toxic relationship. Sometimes... Um, what that means is that communication needs to be strengthened and some shit just needs to be worked through period. And I do believe that because I, we have a culture where now everybody wants to put everything in a, Oh, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut this off, you know, cancel culture. And I don't agree with cancel culture, but I will say this, you have to know the difference between a toxic relationship and one that just need to be worked on. And to me, when it comes to toxic, it's when it's a fucking abusive, it's verbal abuse, it's physical abuse. You know what I'm saying? Once somebody start putting their hands on you, I don't care if it's a man or a woman, because women can be abusive too physically. When somebody start putting their fucking hands on you, it's time to bounce. It's time to roll. It's time to roll bounce, damn it. You know what I'm saying? Get the fuck out of that situation. Don't sit up and let somebody continue to be hitting on you and things like that. You know, because that's not love. And I know this sound cliche and it sound old, but love should not hurt. It just shouldn't. So we have got to stop thinking. And, and I mean, where, when did this start? You know, when did it start that we started to believe that you got to go through a whole bunch of shit just to have a relationship? And I'm not saying relationships don't have their issues because they do. I'm speaking to when things get physical and when it, when it, when things just hurt, you know, um, it's not, you know, it's just not cool to, you, you know, when a relationship is wearing you out, wearing you down, you looking stressed out, you know, you can't even focus. You calling out from work. You don't even want to go, you know, you, you don't, you only want to go in or, or you leaving work early. I done seen all of this. And I could say, I have not personally experienced an abusive relationship. Thank God. Thus far in my life, I have not had a man put his hands on me. I'm afraid of what I would do if one did do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm afraid of what I would do. You know what I'm saying? Um, then again, I don't know what I would do. You know, they say you can't speak on something until you actually in that situation. You know, I don't know what I would do. Hell, but hopefully I wouldn't sit back and stay in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Um, and when there are children involved, you know, I'm one to believe that children need both parents, their mother and their father. However, now when it's a situation where there's some abuse going on, Honey, um, yeah, that child may not get to know that parent. So for me, if 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 I got a child with a guy and you know this this motherfucker wanna he think he gonna put he wanna put his hand he wanna lay hands on me smacking me and all that type of shit, he might not see his child. Yeah, I, I might be that bitch. I might be that bitch that keep you from your child. Even though I'm a firm believer that children need both parents, but when you start harming me, putting your hands on me. Yeah, you might not see your child because that's putting my child in danger. That's just like what I was saying about the whole Stephen Jackson situation when I talked about, you know, when he said that his children's mother, he not even able to see his kids and he paying out his child support. And my comment was, you know, in my last podcast, if y'all haven't checked that out, I was saying, you know, basically, 
yeah, I think it's not right for women to keep the children from the child. You know, I mean, children from the from the father. If it's not a situation where he's abusive or things like that, then then no, you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah, abuse is 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 a is that is the exception that I will make. My child would just have to miss out on knowing their daddy. I'm sorry, his or her father, because you know, I don't think you should be putting your hands on me because one of us gonna die, either you or me, and our child is gonna be left without both parents. Cause you gonna go to jail or I'm gonna go to jail and one of us gonna be dead. So it's just not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy trying to be a ride or die chick. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm just speaking in general when I talk about this, you know, um, it's not healthy to be a ride or die chick. All of that, all of that, um, you know, taking all this shit off of a man, all this excessive cheating, you know, abuse or whatever, all of that, that shit is toxic. You know, you want to talk about toxicity, to- toxicity, that's toxic. No, you don't want that, you know, and you know, especially nowadays, everybody be all on this positive energy, positive, positive, this positive, that Well, shit. You want you bring that same energy to your relationship or your marriage. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't have to sit up and be hurt and, and mentally or physically. It, uh, it just, and it just don't feel good. So, you know, like I said, um, you know, and I don't care how much money somebody bring into the table. I don't care how much money a man has. I don't care how much he's taking care of you. I don't care. And don't let nobody fool you. And I know, I know sometimes women, you know, are fooled into thinking, you know, when they got kids with somebody, maybe like three and four, five kids, they, they, they're under the impression that nobody else is going to want them. They can't move on. Oh no, I got to stay with him. No, you do not sis. No, you don't. The devil is a lie. You don't have to deal with that. You can start over, you know? Um, so I just feel like, it, like I said, I feel like it's a lot of unhealthy behaviors going on um, out here. And we, like I said, we have to stop normalizing the dysfunction. You know, you have to love yourself enough and um, to just not take that stuff from anybody, you know? Um, but yeah, cause, cause this stuff is crazy. Death is a real thing. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it's I'm saying domestic violence leading up to death. That stuff is real, you know, so and it's just too much going on. It's just really too much going on. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. Like I said, that story just really and I want to speak on that because I, I was just really, you know, disheartened by by hearing something like that. You know, um, it, 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 it was just man. So it just, it just got me to thinking. And like I said, I don't know the details of, of that, that young man and that young woman's relationship. I don't know the details at all. But like I said, what I do know is that typically situations like these, they, they escalate, they're escalated. They don't just start at that time. So, um, um, like I said, we've had to stop normalizing this mess. You know, we have to stop normalizing it. There's nothing cute about somebody putting their hands on you because they went into a jealous rage because they think you talking to other people or you fucking other people, you know, um, it's not cute. It's not cute. Oh, he loved me. He just mad. You know, he just mad. Like you like, come on, like, no. And then a lot of times, you know, people will, I remember, um, I had a friend, he had a neighbor who was uh, basically laying hands on his girlfriend or whatever. Like he could hear the neighbor fighting his girl, the girlfriend. And I was like, you not going to do nothing. You're not, you I mean, you're not going to say, you're not going to call the police. You're not going to blah, blah. He was like, I ain't getting involved in that mess. 
And that's how a lot of people feel. They don't want to get involved. It ain't none of my business. And I get it. But then when somebody come up dead, you you wishing you might you wishing you had to do something. You know, um, and abuse don't have to start off with straight punching with a closed fist or nothing. Sometimes it could just be a push and a shove here and there. Then that can escalate to a slap. Then that escalates to punching and kicking and uh-uh. I ain't got that to do. So yeah. Um, this is May, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month. And since that is, I do want to acknowledge a few things because, you know, mental health is, is real. You know, that's another thing, you know, you got to know the mental health status of people that you're involved with too. Um, you know, because that plays a part as well. Now, because this is, like I said, this is Mental Health Awareness Month, I do want to go ahead and I know, like I said, I know we're dealing with a lot right now. We're dealing with, um, you know, the whole COVID-19, you know, people are just, people going through some things, you know, Um, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, you know, panic, sadness, emptiness, you know, just a lot. So um, because of that, I want to give out the National Suicide Prevention Uh, phone number for anybody who, you know, like I said, if you may be feeling some of these things, um, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. That is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You know, uh, depression isn't always suicide notes and pill bottles. You know what I'm saying? It's also things like spending all day in bed, you know, cracking jokes or being the class clown. You know, sometimes those people who are just like the life of the party, sometimes they're really going through shit. Um, being emotionally distant, uh, faking a smile, overeating or not eating at all, skipping work to sleep not showering for days at a time, social isolation. You know what I'm saying? These all are, can be signs, underlying signs of, you know, depression or whatever, you know, um, you know, I remember this, this made me think about something. I remember back when I turned 30, right. Speaking of anxiety and stuff back and speaking of death, when I turned 30, you know, I went through this thing where I was so obsessed with the thought of death. And I don't know where, where that came from, but I just started to fear death like so much to where I'm talking about. It was basically, I mean, I was becoming obsessed with the thought of it. I mean, I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, just the thought of, oh my gosh, I'm going to die one day. I'm going to die one day. Y'all listening, tell me if y'all have ever, you know, if y'all have ever entertained these thoughts, if y'all ever, you know, went through something like this. And I know probably none of the male listeners, because men don't seem to worry about death like women do. I'm just saying they don't. Men seem to kind of coast along in life and it just is what it is for them. But women, we get anxiety. We be like, oh my gosh, we, we worry about where we're going in life, where we, you know, what, you know, we worry about certain things, you know what I'm saying? Where we're going, when we're going, you know, you know, dying and stuff like that. We worry, but I really, it really hit me when I turned 30. And I'm talking, it was so bad to where I had to go talk to somebody, y'all. I had to go talk to somebody. Like, I mean, I didn't have to go lay down on nobody's couch. But it was like this counselor, They, they, my job had, you know, for anybody that wanted to go talk to someone. I went to talk to this woman. And, and it was crazy because 
she was she had just turned 40 at the time and she said she had dealt with it too when she turned 40 she said because she had to get a mammogram and stuff and she said you know just imagine that worry that you have I don't know like I said maybe it was just something because I turned 30 because I never really thought about death in that capacity like I was doing at that time I'm talking about it was bad I was having anxiety I was having fucking just like anytime anytime I felt a weird a weird pain in my body that I never felt. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I was getting nervous and shit. I became a hypochondriac where every little thing I was calling my doctor, like, um, yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> and I remember, I mean, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny back then. But I remember one of my friends at the time, you know, I was telling her about it. She was like, girl, you better quit calling your doctor's office about every little thing. They're going to fuck around, put your ass in the damn, they're going to fuck around and come get you and admit your ass and put you somewhere. And I was like, right. Cause I was really feeling it. But I think looking back in hindsight, I think what that was, was anxiety. And it was the fear of the unknown because that's really what that represented. And so I, and I, so I eventually got over that, you know what I mean? And, and, um, I mean, I still, you know, when it comes to death, I mean, I think we all kind of have our, you know, have our, you know, sometimes we can feel like we okay with it because we feel like, you know, we know where we are going, but then I think it's just that fear of the unknown that really gets to us. I know that's what, what is what got to me at the time. So, but yeah, so I just wanted to share that real quick with y'all. Um, because you know, when I was talking about the whole, the national suicide prevention line, now I wasn't feeling suicidal or nothing like that. Nothing like that. I was just bogged down with anxiety worrying about it like oh my gosh oh my gosh you know not knowing when when your own death gonna take place or you know just a lot and and it was just man I just I don't know I think that was just I don't know it was just something I was just dealing with at the time but like I said I'm I'm way past that you know since then I just um I think like I said it was just a fear of the unknown so yeah y'all um but, um, yeah, like I said, if anybody needs that number and don't be ashamed, honey, you know, you, you need to go talk to somebody, you need to go talk to somebody, you know, I'd rather go talk to somebody, lay down on somebody's motherfucking couch than to be sitting up here, you know what I'm saying? Fucked up on some things, you know? So, and that's another stigma we got to get away from as black people, honey, stop thinking that it's something wrong with going to talk to somebody because it is not, it's not stop thinking like that. Who told us that? Like, stop, just stop thinking it. Just like who the hell told us that it was okay to sit up and deal with some abuse just because you in a fucking relationship. Oh, a man going to be a man going to be a man. Oh, no, no, sis, some shit, some shit you just got to you got to nip in the bud. So, anyway, I'm going to repeat that number one more time then I'm going to get out of here is um nat- the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 1-800-273-8255. And uh y'all don't forget to follow me on social media conversations with miss marcy at gmail is my email and um on um instagram i'm conversation with miss marcy on gmail and so i think that's all y'all i think that is a wrap i think i've covered everything that i wanted to cover today y'all should make sure you share this podcast and leave me some feedback i do like to read the reviews and things like that and until next time take care and i'm out of here